Uh, yeah, I, there's something wrong with my phone too. Cause like, I wanted to send you all these photos of the food that I made, um, which is not nearly as good as being able to eat it, but you know, in, 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 I can't smell it either. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, strange times we're, li- we're living in. So. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> what was your question? This is good. Did I have a question? Oh, I thought you were about to. I just, I just listened to this. Oh, I think I was going to ask, yeah, what the food was you made. Oh, uh, I'll tell, I'll tell you in one second. Hi, and welcome (laughs) to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me, as always, is my co-host Chris King. Hello, and we have a very special guest this week, Chef Lucas Tranowski. Chef, how you doing? Excellent. How are you guys doing? Oh, you know, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there, trying to trying to there figure out go. this uh, this brave new world we're all living in. <laughs> brave new world, hermetically sealed world. Uh, <laughs> I'll uh, give give the audience a little a little history of uh, how we know each other. Uh, we used to you used to at one point own a food truck, as did I, and we had a yes. uh, we had a shared kitchen situation in there. Um, shared kitchen. But uh, you have a long culinary uh, history of being a professional working chef, uh, culinary school teacher. Um, I'm sure a lot of other things I'm missing in there. Food truck owner. Yeah, the list goes on and on. Yeah, food truck, (laughs) sauces, videos. I'm uh, just finishing a book, actually. Hopefully today will be the last day. Oh, yeah? What kind of book? So the book, um, it was like, I think for literally a year, I was trying to come up with, uh, the name of the book. It's how to, um, successfully pass culinary school or how to skip it all together. So oh, I came oh, up wow. with fork on the road. That would be extremely, yeah, so uh, there, you know, there's, go ahead. Well, no, yeah. Extremely what? I was going to say it's extremely useful for everybody that we've had that went to the same school that Dyke went to uh, because they all have a sad story about, yeah, I graduated from college. And then I think it was maybe a year later, they discredited that college entirely. So my degree isn't worth anything. So it had been, it had been really good if they had that book. I mean, before, no, not, not now. Yeah. Now I can't help them at all. But before, it would have been really helpful for them to have that book before. Yeah. Well, it's so funny that, you know, so many people you know, have went to culinary school and so many people are no longer in the industry whatsoever. Yeah. They just don't know what it takes to survive in this crazy culinary world. I think that's great too. Cause like, I definitely remember being, you know, in the service industry as like a line cook and thinking like, Oh, this really, there really is a ceiling that you hit pay wise. If you don't go to culinary school. And then years later, you know, years later, kind of going to culinary school. And I always say the thing that I learned, I feel like the only thing that I don't think I could have learned, I probably could have learned everything I learned in culinary school off of YouTube, except really the thing, the, the, really the thing that I learned going to culinary school was because I paid all that money to take it seriously was I really learned, uh, professionalism Kind of, but right. like, but it was also at the same time I was working at McNiven's. Yeah. And so I was having that drilled into my head right. at work and then yeah. going to school and having it drilled in, but like just taking pride in your work, uh, being on time, stuff like that. I don't know if I would have just learned that if I just took YouTube classes. So, so. I think McNiven's definitely right. taught me showing to work on time. Yeah. I think to this day, if I don't work at McNiven's, I'd be, uh, I'd be a good hour or two hours late. So without. Consistently. <laughs> So how do you in the like what are, what are coming some of the 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 points of the book is about that fork in the road and and kind of some of the advice that you so give. yeah like you you hit a couple of the the big topics professionalism uh, sorry professionalism is, is is a huge one it's scattered I'm not sure how many times that word is used but yeah <laughs> excuse me it's uh it's pretty gargantuan it's like it's it's a career and uh, it's a legit industry. And, yeah. you know, I, back when I was in culinary school, nine, this was 1993 kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you meet people and just, you just ask, how come you want to be a chef? And one of my uh, buddies, he was like, well, I, I want to be a chef because they don't drug test. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 
I thought that was so hilarious. And, uh, wow. you know, drugs, drug, drugs and alcohol, that, that stuff's around, you know, but it's, it's a little bit more legit than, than what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just, you know, paying attention to what you're doing, what other people are doing. Yeah, just taking it seriously, like wanting to do better every time that you're, right. you're doing anything. Were you, Jeff, would you, you know, you've, did you go to culinary school? Did you say that? Did you, did you graduate from culinary school? I did. Okay. Would you, knowing that, knowing what you know now, and I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to spoil the book at all, but would you, would you recommend people do that? Or is it just a case by case basis? Uh, it's really case by case because if, if you have an issue with, um, keeping yourself to something like sticking to it, yeah. culinary school is great because if you know, you signed up for it and you paid money, sometimes that'll help you, um, continue on. Yeah. But as far as the, the way the food industry is today versus, you know, I went in 93 um, there's a huge opportunity to learn, you know, even way more than I did when I was in school. I always, excuse me. I always say that you learn 10,000 things when you're in culinary school. And that could be, you know, that number could be a little bit high, yeah. but there's so much that you can learn. And the issue with culinary school is, the repetition isn't quite there because you're learning so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times in school, so one thing. So you're not sitting, you're not sitting like you would, if you, if you were, you working at a restaurant, you're not, you're not really honing a specific skill. It's like that pulpery of like, okay, here's how to do this. And you'll get, no, you know, it, we have a, a, a course on changes. Yeah. Sous vide. And then like, okay, kind of go time to go where if you're working for uh, a place, especially when you have a, a you know, a, a, a head chef or something and they're working on, specific a specific theme on dishes you're going to get a time to really hone that specific skill but just not have a broad experience right. is that right yeah yeah and that's one of the things that culinary schools try to do is make teaching exactly like it is in the real world and it's it's hard yeah. you know when you're dealing with the culinary school program i've had a class at the, the chef's academy with 44 students in one class which is out of control yeah um, whereas the kitchen, there may be four to six people, you know, working on a lot more than there is in school. So yeah, there's, it's a difference. And I think if you want to be successful without going to culinary school, you've got to put in the time. People have to understand it's not a 40 hour a week job. I mean, there's, the, those are out there, but you know, I think as, as much information as people want, as good as they want to be. It just, it takes, it takes more than that. Right. Also like there. And then seeing, I was just going to say seeing different chefs cakes on, you know, how to run a kitchen. Yeah. How to talk to people, how to management, management style. Like there's the good thing about school is you have a lot of different chefs to learn from Mm -hmm. when you're in one restaurant for, you know, three years. It could be the same chef, different cooks, but um, that's, I think that's somewhat of a downfall, or it can be. It can be great as well, but yeah, every, everyone has a different story, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that was, I, I think also, too, there's just like a huge difference between like, uh, do you just want to become like a really good cook? Um, right. versus do you want to work in a professional kitchen? Cause those right. are two different things right. like you can be, there's, you know, badass home chefs, you know, but maybe you don't get along with other working with other people. Maybe you have no interest in working right. 60 hour weeks or, you know, working professionally in it. You just want to know how to make, you know, classical French cuisine very well. You know, I, I think that's definitely right. more for YouTube. Yeah. I mean, there was people that were going to culinary school. A lot of them, I mean, I guess it was fine if like uh, on the GI bill or something when it was just like yeah, Uncle Sam was paying right. for it. And they, yeah. you know, and some of them were just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, whatever. Someone's paying me to go to school. I guess I'm going to do this. Yeah. But like, yeah, if you're paying out of your own pocket, <laughs> right. that's a really expensive uh, hobby. Hobby. You know? hobby. That's what that is. Just to, <laughs> just to put some stuff on Instagram. Like, oh man, that picture better be good because you just paid, what, $50,000 for it? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's, a, that's well, I will say that, you know, I was at uh, the Chef's Academy for 10 years, and there was a good amount of um, retirees that, yeah. you know, raised the kids and said that yeah. once I'm, you know, free, in a sense, I'm, I'm going to do this. So I think the first person that I knew did that was literally 65 years old, and she was in culinary school. She wanted nothing to do with ever working in a restaurant, but she just wanted to do it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. No, that's awesome. I mean, I guess if, if you have the financial situation yeah. to do if that, you've got the cash, I think that's right. the thing is like when yeah. you're seven years old and you're taking out student loans, like they're not going to get that money. Back. Yeah. She's like, good luck. <laughs> I'm a hundred. Come get me. And especially if you're retired, you just actually, that's pretty genius because then if you're retired, that's the way to go because they can't, they can't go after your, your student loans. If you're not, if you're not making money, that's, that's a hardship. That's right. I think we just cracked the code is we just, if you want, if you're old and you want to retire, do do a terrible job. Don't like go that. to school until you're sixty five. <laughs> That's right. And then just uh, just do something you really enjoy, and then never pay those student loans back because you're eighty years old. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, Chef <laughs> T. Chef T. I made uh, I made a bunch of uh, potato. Potatoes was the theme for today, so I made a bunch of potatoes. So I saw they have a starch. Yeah. yeah. So well, I, we normally have kind of a, a bit more complex themes. But we're trying to get other sure. people to yeah. uh, take like to cook brunch with us and send their submissions right. in. So we've been doing like egg, potato. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I think it's because we're all we're all now shaped like uh, great big potatoes. <laughs> we're just all sitting around eating eggs and potatoes. So I did a yeah. I, I waffled the hash brown. Uh, <laughs> I waffled the hash brown. There's no way that you can't you can't just drop that like it's a saying that it's just people have been. Like that's the the academy. They're dropping that at the academy. Like, and this is how we waffle a potato. Like, no one's doing that. I've never seen that before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying when I say I waffle a potato. Waffle He's a chef. Potato. He knows. I would know. I uh, yeah, hash browns in the the waffle iron. Yeah, yeah. He he knows. I didn't. I he he gave me the plate, chef. He gave me you know everything that he made, and there was a waffle on there. It's like, I mean, thanks for the waffle. I don't. It was just a plain. It looked like just a plain waffle. Like I don't really understand why I need this red palate cleanser, but thank you. <laughs> And then and then uh, he's like, "Did you try the waffle?" And I'm like, "No." And I try it. It's a potato. It was amazing. It was amazing. I don't understand why more people are doing that. It was awesome. Uh, I did a. I did a. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice thin and crisp on both sides. Heck yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was great. Well, I did a skillet full of like kind of like a big hash with like uh, like new potatoes, bacon, um, just kind of to have. And then I made a Breck shepherd's pie. Breakfast shepherd's pie, I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, so I took some uh, like pork and potato and eggs and, and some stuff like that. And then uh, like a biscuit pie crust. And then I piped a bunch of mashed potatoes on top. That thing turned out pretty well. I'm going to post all these pictures on social media. I tried to send them to you. I didn't send for some reason. Uh, but we got a nice cut. That sounds good. Nice was, cutaway section there. It, it held it together pretty nicely. Yeah. And then, uh, put- <laughs> I've just any excuse to make poutine. Always so poutine. Like, uh, There's always, no matter what the theme is, it's somehow related to poutine. Like eggs. Well, I'll make poutine <laughs> eggs. Strawberries, poutine, strawberries. <laughs> he doesn't care. So, uh, Whatever, as long as you yeah. have gravy on some fries. So I did, uh, I did, um, a sausage gravy and chipotle sauce poutine with some, uh, like asparagus and bacon. I don't know. I just threw a bunch of stuff on there. It was a kitchen sink, basically, poutine. But I'll tell you what, Chef. I I tried to make uh, I tried to tourne some potatoes, and it had been a few years. And let me tell you what, uh, <laughs> I need to go back to I need to go back to uh, knife my knife cut school. Uh, yeah, I think I could probably spend the rest of quarantine just working on those tourne cuts. What is that? What does that mean, tourne? It's uh, it's like a seven sided uh, cut that you would do to like <laughs> a lot of times. I would never do that. I would stop at five cuts, even if I was. The master of the seven cut, I wouldn't make it past four. You know what? I've been cutting this. I've been cutting this one potato six times. I'm done. They're like little football so shaped. Stupid. I'm done. <laughs> They're like little football shaped uh, cuts, but they have seven sides, so it's it's it, it takes a, a fair amount of skill. I so mean, you make the potato look like a football? Yeah, that's it. Torne potato. So I. All right. Yeah, I, uh, it's it's a classical French technique. Um, but I was uh, you know going to do one of the ACF competitions. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I wanted to do the tournée, but it can take a little bit of time. So I switched it to where I, you know, it was like a, a melon. I cut off the top and the bottom, had it on the cutting board. And with a paring knife, I just, I, you know, cut around it the seven sides. 
Mm-hmm. But they um, they said if I used it, I don't think they used the word dis- disqualified, but because it wasn't in my hand, traditional classic, they were going to let me do it. I was like, what? I'm down with the ACF, but sometimes they're a little too stickler on some of the old oh, stuff. Yeah. Oh, but you got there, but you didn't cut it in the in the correct way? Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And I, My way was, yeah, when you do it that way, it's so much faster. Is it just you do roasted potatoes? Do you just is it just how you cut them? Yeah, look at that. We got pic, we got chef. We got pictures up on the TV. So it's just it's just a way to okay, right. roast potatoes. It's just different look. Yeah, I see. Okay, I've seen that. Okay, I've seen. Now that you're saying it, I've seen it. It's it's a uh, it's difficult to get yeah. something with um, an odd amount of sides to have, like you know have exactly seven. Yeah, does it help it cook faster? Is that the deal too? I mean, is it a faster cook? Or it's, it cooks faster it than a whole potato would. But oh yeah, just cut the potatoes. <laughs> It's 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 really just it's, it's really it's about the, the presentation and okay. just the amount of you know because there's not really a machine that is going to tornay a potato I like got that. It. Like, when you when I see these roasted potatoes, what if I do it? Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm the I'm the tornay machine. <laughs> when you see, I've seen roasted potatoes that look like this. I just wouldn't know the name, so I get it. That's cool. Well, if I would have shown you the ones that I made today, you wouldn't have known what those were. They have, they have twelve sides. <laughs> He made a twelve sided die out of his potato. I just I just deep fried the shit out of him and gave him to my roommate. And I was like, uh, here's That's a little funny. here's a little yeah. starter for your little moose bouge. You can tell whenever you give him something because he has to eat it directly out of his hand. I like that now. Dad doesn't even like warrant a plate anymore. It's like walk in, yeah. Dad's eating some some twelve sided potatoes directly out of his hand. Like, oh, did that give you something? It's nice. I'll tell you what. I don't know if you've noticed this too, Chef, but uh, I think just from working in kitchens for so long. You get down to a certain kind of uh, pattern, whether it's back of the house or even front of the house, where you kind of expect people to walk in, in a certain way and you kind of anticipate so you're not running into people. Um, and now with social, oh, yeah. social distancing, I go into the store and it's like people don't I don't people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're just all over the place. <laughs> right. and like, what are we doing here? Are we walking? Are we stopping? Like I'm amazed at the amount yeah, of was, was- Go ahead. I was at uh, at the store. I was leaving the other day, and I was was sort of in a hurry. So, you know, I was giving the guy who was doing nothing right in front of the exit. I was like, behind you. And he he, he looked like I was just going to barrel him over. I was like, come on. (laughs) Understand you're right in the way. How many of those those ACF competitions have you participated in? Uh... Five, I think, four or five, yeah, maybe six, yeah, five-ish. Which is they're still fun, yeah. um, but they're I don't know if I will say that one one of the first couple events that I would go to with ACF, people who knew nothing about the ACF just heard competition and they wanted to be a part of it, mm-hmm. and they would put out awesome food. But the the way the ACF works is a lot of times they'll tell you specifically what they're looking for meaning we want three classical cuts in you know your appetizer and we want you know two classical techniques in your entree but when people don't understand how serious it is they won't do it or think about it and then they'll score really low on something they you know rocked out of the, the park and they'll be a little a little bit out of shape yeah because the score yeah the scoring is basically <clears throat> How well you can meet the meet the expectations. Yeah, I mean, meet the like criteria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you done, Chef? Yeah. Have you won? Yeah, have like, you won any of these yet? Uh, yeah. There was a vegan one that I won. Um, and actually, the way ACF competitions work is gold, silver, or bronze are not placed. And you can have if if there's 15 people in like your section of the competition. Yeah. You can have six people get a gold. Oh, so there's cool. not really one overall winner. Yeah, each yeah. dish is kind of judged on its own. You're, you're kind of <laughs> so I've got a couple uh, silvers. Um, I think I have one bronze. Yeah, they're they're fun. That's awesome. Any competition's fun. Yeah. No, that's great. So what what are you doing? Like, re- can you can you give us just like a brief history of like wow? Uh, a, just a brief history of your it's not intimidating at all. 
of your of your <laughs> Well, just, you know, start, starting off, be like, did you start off uh, at culinary school? Were you working in restaurants before? And then, you know. So I, yeah, a, um, I'm from a very small town in Ohio. Uh, but I was, my first job, I was 15 years old, um, busting suds in the dish tank at this uh, greasy spoon um, 24 hours a day. You know, it, it shut down, I think Christmas Day was it. <laughs> but I started there and. Just like so often, um, <laughs> we got the call one Sunday. You know, Sunday was always the busiest day because of church. Um, Gregorio's girlfriend said, Gregorio was arrested last night. He'll probably <laughs> never be coming back. And uh, other cook looked over and was like, well, you, you said you want to uh, learn how to cook. Now's your chance. And I went over there, and <laughs> I was so horrible. Because I had no idea what to do. Sure. He, yeah. You know, it was literally the biz. We probably did 250 people. And about 70 people in, he's like, just do toast. So he put <laughs> me on toast. <laughs> White, wheat, rye, butter, uncut. Yeah, that that was it. And I was almost going in circles there. But, um, yeah, after I graduated high school, I went to Johnson Wales in Charleston, South Carolina. And I picked Johnson Wales and Charleston 100% because of the weather. Mm. Average yeah. temperature was 65 degrees. Yeah. And yeah, the beach or beaches, plural, all over. So I went there. Yeah, North Carolina. And I went is to an Cincinnati, which, uh, so, yeah, so nice. Uh, I went to Cincinnati and I was with a hotel. Then I transferred with that hotel to North Carolina. So I was there four years. And that was the first two chef job. And then I was promoted to executive sous chef and then executive chef um, with my first hotel. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I was excited. But then I went back to Cincinnati uh, with the Hyatt. And then I met a Swiss guy who owned a, a European bakery in Cincinnati. And I went on to work with him part-time and then eventually full-time. And then we both loved pizza. So we opened up a pizza place right next to his bakery. And it was there 13 years before he, re he retired with my same menu, my recipe. So I thought that was super cool. Oh, wow. wow. And then I went to my hometown back there for a couple of years. And then I moved to Indy and pretty much started teaching at the Chef's Academy right away once it opened. What brought you to Indy? So, Just the school? Uh, my dad and my brother were living here. Um I spent two times in Cincinnati, which I love, but it was, you know, I was, I was in my little hometown and there wasn't really enough to keep me there or at least pay the bills to keep me there. Yeah. Um, so my dad and my brother were like, well, come on down here. So I started working with one of my buddies. He actually does the credit card processing, which is, you know, obviously nothing to do with the kitchen. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe I just need a change. So I worked with him for a couple of months, but then the chef's academy opened it up and I got that job. Nice. That's a lot better than. So, well, was it yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Sounds, that's, that sounds. I thought that's like. So I did that. Did you? Did you do that? Because that sounds like a Joe versus the volcano job. That sounds like you're sitting in a dark basement somewhere. Like, gotta push these numbers, man. Oh yeah. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I. I. It was yeah six months. Like I've seen him literally make millions of dollars. I was like, I can make millions of dollars. I what? would like that. How does um, he make millions oh, of yeah, dollars no, on credit card but, processing? Just because he. <laughs> Like sells it to, to the processing to people? Is that how that works? I don't know how it works at all. Yeah, the, the way it works, yeah. When when a restaurant or any any business yeah. has the credit card processing, you get a certain percentage, a small percentage of each uh, dollar that's ran through there. Okay. Until they they no longer have your service. So it's the residual income. And he had been doing it for so long, yeah, he was and he, he still does it. That's all he does. So he just goes to, goes to restaurants, like new restaurants, and like, hey, you can use my processing thing, and we charge like four cents every time you run a credit card. Is that how that works? Right. Yeah. It still sounds really boring. I don't care if you're making a million dollars. That sounds like the worst job ever. But I think I think well, you're yeah, it, it, it wasn't for me. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. I don't think it's for a lot of people. So then you you, <laughs> you, you made the right choice. You end up teaching at the Chef's Academy for how many years? Did yeah. you say? 10 years, 2006, nice. uh, it was finished in 2016. So yeah, I was there the whole time. Is that, that where you, and that was about the time that I started the food truck. 
And what was the name of your food? You truck? went to AI, right, Beck? I did, yeah. Yeah. It was a pyramid scheme. It was uh, an actual pyramid. It was the pyramid scheme in the pyramids. <laughs> I think you were the one that brought that up like maybe two episodes ago. Like, that's hilarious. They were trying to tell you. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. It seems like it's in a pyramid. It's I, I don't know. As long as I get seven other people to join the school, then I can make a bunch of money. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Chef. Can't I can't be I, more literal. I loved your food truck because you did not tie yourself down too much to a theme. And it was just kind of nope. what, whatever you were feeling like cooking that day. What was the name of it? it? The lunch wagon? Is that it? Uh, high, high five lunch. High five lunch. High five yeah. Lunch. So it was just like, yep. yeah, the theme was just lunch. And so it was like, uh, this is what we're doing here today. And it was, it was always good. Was I'll, I'll tell you the thing that impressed me the most though, out of, I mean, he, I've had a lot of amazing food that he's made, but the thing that blew my, my mind open was, uh, he made um, snow cones one time. He made snow oh, yeah. cones and he just made like, you know, like the the liquids, the little toppings that they put on the snow cones. He just made those all from scratch, which I wow. guess I've just never had before. Yeah. And I was like, this is the best. This is the best snow cone I've ever had in my life. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it was, it was like crack. What was the, what so, was the one you liked what, the most? Yeah. What was the big crack one? I don't know. you have? Blue? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know yeah, we, we didn't have the the blue raspberry. I thought it was going to be like, like I did. Super- yeah, I did. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did. There was uh passion fruit, mango, yeah, orange passion fruit. Yeah. Uh, lemon, lime. Um, I was going to yeah, say, I, I, like I would assume you do. Kind of unique flavor. I would see, assume you do like more natural flavors rather than blue, <laughs> red, and rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they ever had. Yeah. Whatever the yellow snow was. Yeah. And actually. Yeah, I, I still have a food truck, and I've been contemplating on going back out, but only with the shaved ice. Mm. Because oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like saying, like it, it is, it is good. And, and I would have yeah. people, you know, come back um, to the food truck and tell me like it was amazing. I was like, it's shaved ice. Yeah, but yeah. It, well, I mean, but that yeah, place like, up in it, the place up in Broderbull kills. That place is line. That tiny little uh, box on the corner. I think that that's oh the blue one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. they only own that place, and they kill, and they just do open for the summer, right. and that's that's the business. That's it. So I don't know what the deal is yeah. with shaved ice, but I I definitely think there's a business there. Well, that's the thing is like yeah. people like regular shave ice enough that it's just like you have a good location, but it's also like I've always had low expectations. You know what it's going to taste like? This tastes like blue. This tastes like purple. Right, right. And then I actually had a, had, had a good one, and I was like, oh. I, I never even thought about trying to make it taste good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just frozen. Cream. I want to take the, uh, yeah. I want to take kind of the, uh, have you had the, what's it called? Halo, Halo? Is it Halo? No. No. Holy smokes. I've forgotten what it's called. Mix, mix is what it translates to as the Filipino. No. Um, but it's shaved ice. It's shaved ice. It's got usually some sort of like a, a bean ice cream, but then there's all these toppings. And you're not supposed to just eat it bite by bite. Literally, you mix it up um, before you eat it to kind of blend all the flavors. And that's, you know, kind of taking my shaved ice, which, which I really do. Not too many things that I make I think is good <laughs> for whatever reason. But this one, I, I do think the shaved ice is good. But then when you put all the other components on there, it's kind of like, what the is going on here? It's so good. I love it. Well, chef, we're about out of time here. Um, I definitely, right I definitely want to have you back after this COVID, yeah. uh, COVID nineteen stuff is done. Want to have you in studio yeah. here so we can we can cook for you. Also, twenty twenty five is that what they're <laughs> also when this when this book drops, let us know. Yeah. We'll definitely come have absolutely. you on and, and help for promote. sure. Yeah, absolutely. We'll Prom- yeah, promote, thanks a lot. promote the heck out of that. Is there uh, any uh, social media? Any plugs you'd like to get in? People can follow you or well, talk with you? Actually, actually, there's not. But I, I do want to say, um, and I don't know why I didn't bring this up, but when the book is out, and it's going to be, it'll be an ebook at first, mm-hmm. but I'm going to, it'll probably sell for 15 bucks, and I'm going to have restaurants attached, and they'll get at least 75% of the sales. Nice. Wow, that's awesome. Well, yeah, we'll push the... Yeah, push the hell out of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Chef thanks, T. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so For much. For sure. And we'll see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. It's crazy. 
And then like two weeks later, people just had a sign. It was like, you can only get one of this thing. And I was like, why didn't they just do that from Jump Street? Like, yeah. why, like how much hoarding did we have to go through before they were like... Well, I mean, that's why there was that, to- that toilet paper shortage. Yeah. Because they didn't stop it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now all these, like, Walmart people are, like, Gestapo. Zane, I know you're at your house and you're wondering, like, why are they playing a Hot Potato song right now? And I'm going to tell you. Is this the Middle Eastern? <laughs> no! We didn't need to record that piece. I'm not stopping recording now. We're just doing it now. But, no, that was a bad idea. That Dyke came up with he was on the, when we were on the phone not recording. And it's like, I remember saying, like, that's a really good thing we're not recording because Zane, not Middle Eastern. And it was, we did a lot of things that I would definitely consider. Do your research. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Even the dogs. The dog's upset about your is it, is it South Indian? Is that, what, is that what we're supposed to say? You know what? South Asian. I don't care. Just uh, whatever. What is that? Wow. It's, uh... The dog Sorry, just, the noise. Your dog's got the Rona. The, the noise you're hearing through your headphones at home is my dog going crazy here in studio. Yeah, that was good. We didn't get to the that the other thing you made today was a dog. Apparently, it sounds like you're back there cooking that dog. I wish. No, it was a potato. It was a it was a potato theme day. Because we're trying to get we're trying to get, and I'll tell you what, it worked. Yeah, we we're trying to get more people to join in our brunch cooking challenges. And Chris had the good idea to say, like, just send whatever you're eating. Send a photo. Anything. Some people did. Some people definitely were like, hey, yeah. there's no potatoes in this, but this is what I'm eating. I'm like, thank you, Chris King. That's a good idea. Um, but then some people definitely sent in their their potato dishes. But yeah. uh, we had to make it a little easier instead of going like, hey, we're doing Nor- New Orleans food. Last week's theme was egg. This week's so theme was egg? potato. That's yeah. like pretty g- generic. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, like right. you're yes. leaving open a lot of different possibilities. Yeah, we and just want particip- audience participation, and that's the deal. Is like he was doing crazy stuff. I don't remember. I mean, New Orleans was one of them. I can't remember the themes that Hawaiian are. brunch. We did Hawaii, lots of yeah. It's all that. So it's all relatively complex, and people were not participating except for like is this tied chefs. in? Is this tied in with the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Like so, on Instagram, like okay, our Instagram okay. photos. So on Instagram, yeah. we're getting people to send in the pictures of their brunch, and you know. We're trying to we're trying to build up this fan base and get people to you know feel like they're they're part of something. Oh, uh, okay. And then and then we're gonna have a winner that's I don't know what they're like someone something someone asked me today because like we had kind of joked around about uh well we had not, not joked around about we had yeah. talked about having somebody like though if you win you get to win maybe a call in on the show or something like call that. in would be good. And um, somebody was like, so what do I win if I do this? Do I win a potato? Is that what you're telling me? And I was like, no. that's actually funnier. No. We just Whoever wins this week, we just sell them. That's potato. actually probably more valuable <laughs> at this point than getting to be on this fucking podcast. <laughs> you know what would be funny, though, is you presenting the potato to the winner because they have to be more than six feet away. Like having them yeah, in the background with throw the a potato at someone. You I would get to chuck a potato yeah. at one of your listeners. I was yeah. going to leave it either catch it or get hit in the face. By I was the going to leave it on their doorstep, you no. know, with like a face on I it. I think throwing it's way better. And the best part is they didn't know until Just after through they their window. That. You're the winner. <laughs> with a potato Here's through your thing. window. I don't know if white people feel this, but like if any person of color gets something thrown through their window, it's it's, it's disturbing. <laughs> it's a little disturbing. It's like a hate crime is happening. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure that's like universal. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's like specific to any race. I think if you get something thrown through your window. Yeah. I think uh, I I, I never ever about it. I never want to bring white insight into this podcast ever. But Please I'll tell you do. what, you as a white person, I think I, I'm also afraid when something gets. I think <laughs> should, I don't, you think, Chris, you should make a segment called White Insight. <laughs> you should have like music, and then and just like cue it up. Yeah, White Insight. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I would normally. Not, I would that, normally, that's our producer. All right, Zach. folks. Yeah, now it's like, time for some White Insight. <laughs> Brought to you by Chris. <laughs> Ever had something thrown through your window and you didn't know the race of the person that threw it? <laughs> Still scary. Still scary. You know guys. what? You know what also scares white people? This is our segment called It Also Scares White People. <laughs> if you, something goes through our window, even if, yeah, obviously for, you know, people minorities, that's probably terrifying. But for white people, it's also scary. This has been White Inside by Chris King. I like it. That's all right. Every week, every segment is going to have that. I think we'd only be able to do yeah. it exact. Uh, <laughs> that's our resident racist every episode could have one white insight maybe yeah every i think every episode we always talk about like you know as an african-american these things are happening to me and then i just sit here like i'm gonna say a word 
That sounds not being white sounds terrible. <laughs> That's sounds how is um how is the COVID treating you, Zane? Are we gonna oh, introduce man. our guest at all? Oh <laughs> guys, welcome back to Harder Brunch. Wow, 20 minutes in. Um Zane Zadie, you probably recognize his voice. He's a friend of the show, he's been on before. The always funny Zane Zadie. Howdy. Let's Thanks you, for having me. That's how you set someone up for failure. The always funny. He never misses. <laughs> you know, I, I bullseye every time. Yeah. I gotta tell you, last time I was on this podcast, I, I quit drinking for a week. <laughs> Jesus. True story. Last time, what was it, like a month ago? Yeah. It's yeah. like right when all this shit started, you know, popping off. Yeah. Yeah. And I got shit faced. And I mean, in case <laughs> that was a good time. Most of you that listened to this podcast probably were able to decipher that. I didn't. But, I didn't think so. I, I honestly, we did the show together. We did a full. We did a full hour. I did. Oh my god! I was anything. hammered. I went home and I was like, I'm not going to drink for another week. I just so you know, I did not feel like you sounded hammered. I thought. Like, oh, okay. I, I thought it was really funny. Well, I know man, that I'm really building up my tolerance. <laughs> I know you had seven different cocktails in front of you at one point. You were drinking them all. Like it seems like you should be drunk, but he sounds fine. Wait, I I heard you. Also- I, had, I had a flight of <laughs> liquors. Yeah, that's right. But they were all full glasses. That was the best part. <laughs> I heard. I heard you also went and did a comedy show, a, a virtual reality comedy show that night. Oh, that's right. How'd that go? Neither mine. Not very poorly. <laughs> That's the that's the thing. It's you set me up for failure because you had me on your podcast. Right. You wine and dine me. <laughs> yeah. I was full. I was drunk, and then I went and did this virtual show, and I bombed. I feel like it's obviously like, like I was just. Can you have walk- you ever like stared into your own face, like your own <laughs> hammered face, while bombing, and you're just staring at it, and then like no. people in the comments are roasting you. Can you? It's not fun. Can you? Can I want to watch. Can that. you is walk it, us through this bomb, please, slowly? Is can it on you, YouTube? Can, can you, we? Can we plug that? That sounds amazing. No, I think they they've gotten rid of every trace of it, which um it should very happy about. Yeah. But no, I don't want to walk you through that. I don't want to relive this. <laughs> did you did you get a chance to like take a nap before? Is that what it Well, that's a part of the problem. I took a nap, I passed out, and then I woke up like I set my alarm and then right when I woke up I logged into Instagram because it was an IG live show and then I was on the feed. And then Gwen, the host, she was like, is Zane here? And then I stupidly called, like, dialed in, mm-hmm. even though I should have just, like, not. Yeah. yeah. And you think you would have met her off if you had just ghosted the Yeah, whole I think I could have just sat that one out and okay. I would have been good. Okay. Does Gwen know at this point that you were drunk and. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she could <laughs> tell. Like, everybody knows. So were you trying to. Also, like, because I, I have a very. I'm I'm very like I am very confused about people that do straight stand up on online. I don't know if confused is the right word, Dyke. Dude, uh, I, I think that you've said it every single is podcast. That, is, that, is that what you were doing? Were you I doing didn't anything? even attempt to do straight stand up. I what were you attempted to freestyle rap. <laughs> Damn. Well, you were drunk. And uh it did not go well. <laughs> I don't know why. And I'm pretty sure I lost a, a couple of followers. A couple of followers? Yeah. <laughs> Just like general respect from the comedy community. Oh, my God. That's been, yeah. I'm just picturing like the David Hasselhoff situation where you're laying on the ground with your shirt off because you're <laughs> you're drunk and full trying to tell jokes. Like, why do they call it taking a bath? Like, ooh, this is sad. See, I, don't, I don't know the other side of it because you were, you were fine on the podcast. I mean, but I like, you were like fine comparatively... To all the drunks around you on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought don't, it was good. I did I, I did not I, I don't know. But like also like everyone's <laughs> fine when I'm ten feet away from my bed that I go to and sleep right after the podcast. So the fact that you went yeah. and tried to do like an artistic thing afterwards. I mean, I mean the thing is like it wasn't immediately afterwards. This was also like five hours after <laughs> I'd been drinking tequila and copious amounts of whiskey. Did you maybe you know, did you maybe go that. home and have some more drinks? Um, no, and that's probably the mistake I made. Because <laughs> the thing is, for me, like when I drink, the I don't get drunk immediately. Like yeah. the really the apex of my crunkness comes like hours later. Title for this episode is called "Apex of My Crunkness." Just don't it's don't forget. It's a, it's a new book. I don't, don't want to forget that. It's I don't want to forget that. It's, a, it's also the title of Chef T's book. Yeah. <laughs> It's a new memoir about why I chose not to go to culinary school. <laughs> Called Apex of My Crookness. 
I so couldn't do it. One time when I like first started comedy, um, I had I had been asked to be on a. It was like probably the second or third time I had actually been asked to be on anything, and it was um, it was it was at Shoe Fly. <laughs> it was a um, uh, an improv show. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have a couple of, like comics like open up. Okay, I bet you were like, "Who me?" Yeah, I was <laughs> started blushing, very excited. Yeah, you were like, felt like you were being courted. But I had worked. Uh, I was, I was, I was working in a local distillery at the time. Yeah, and I was working at their event space, and we had a special event, and then it got done, and it was super early in the day. Yep. And then they, it was just, but it, then it was just like all the bar, like everything was open, like all everything was free and flowing. And it was like, hey, try some of this, try some of this, try some of this. And it was to the point where I was like, well, the show's at seven, but like it's two. I feel like daddy's going to get a little day drunk, take yeah. a nap, and then I'm going to go tell some jokes later. And um, my light day drunking became everyone decided to go out. Here's the other thing, too. Sometimes when I get drunk, I'm around people that want to go do extra stuff. Yeah. And so, like, I thought we were going to have some drinks. So I was going to go take a nap. They took me downtown. So you were hanging out with white people. This is at two yeah. before you're yeah. going to do anything. You're having a night out before you're going to do something. This is two p.m. This is. No, I get it, day, but then yeah. you know you're going to do stuff. You're having a time. Yeah, you're having just, a day drinking. Well, like, time. what was a day? The the day drinking was done by two, but then they went out. Did, and you did and, not. No, I'm on Mass Ave. They left me in the car, and then someone said they came back, and the car door was open, and I'm hanging out. Jesus. Of the side of the car, and they're yeah. like, "We need." So they took me to my ex girlfriend's house, and they. It's, it's, yeah, I would, I would mix um, it. I think I would mix it. I think that'd be awesome. They took me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They took me to my ex girlfriend's house, which I just passed out at. And luckily for me, I had told my friend, I think she, I think she was supposed to give me a ride. And I, I just, or maybe I just told her that I was having to show. And she shows up to the house, lets herself in, and I'm just passed out. The dogs are just licking my face. And she's like, "What time is this? What time is that?" This is six forty-five p.m. Shows at seven. Wow! And she's like, "Dyke, that show." Like she has, she doesn't even have any skin in the game. She's just like, "Like, don't you have a comedy show that you're supposed to be at in like fifteen minutes?" And I was like, "Get out of here, you crazy woman! What are you doing in this bedroom?" And she's like, "Get up, get up right now! You need to get up." And I'm, you just like turned into Tracy Morgan all the time. (laughs) Get out of here, you crazy woman! She's trying to help your career, man. She's trying to help me. She's I, I rolled off the bed onto the floor. At this point, I'm wrestling with the dogs on the floor. What? And yeah, and, and I'm just like, they're they're kissing me. I'm I'm wrestling them. And she's like, Dyke, get some clothes on, get in the car. I finally get in the car, she drives me a show, and then it all kind of like starts because and I was like, Oh fuck, I'm supposed to do stand I'm and I'm like, I'm just way too drunk to do stand up. And then I get there. And I let everyone know how fucking drunk I am. I was like, hey, guys, I'm sorry. Like everybody. Well, even see, like, like, you're walking in, like people just sitting there having a burst. Like, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm wasted. Like, are you going to bring our fries? Like, I'm <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like when when that happens, when you're drunk before a show, and it's happened to everybody that drinks, everybody who's a comic and that yeah. drinks. So every at comic, some point, every comic, it has happened where you were either too drunk or too whatever. Mm-hmm. And then in that situation, I wonder, is it best? to lean into it and just be like hey everybody i'm fucking shit face <laughs> or do you try to go the opposite way and hide it because it's not always endearing no i think it depends on the announce kind of, that you're fucked up i think it you know depends I mean? on the kind of drunk you are like if you're a fun there are people yeah. that are probably really funny is for sure drunk. some people can pull it off yeah yeah and then i feel like there's other people where if they're super messed up yeah it it's not it's not fun yeah no and that's the thing is like they're there's they just start getting like super dark and sad and like you know who wasn't funny my mom when she hit me like (laughs) this is terrible but on the on the flip side of that you know what's funny is i had a i went to ivy tech for a while when i was still working at mcnivens and we used to get just destroyed so i had a speech class on saturday morning it was like at nine o'clock and then we would just Friday nights at McDivitt's. Even if we weren't drinking, we'd be out of there at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. So I was out at three and then I'd get stupid. Like I would get like that's that's peak McDivitt's. And then I would be I'd be drunk at the speech class. Let me tell you that. They were good. Those speeches were great. 
Because I was just, I didn't ride them until I got into class. I was always pretty popped. I rode my there, bike over there. There's different levels of drunk. Like yeah, yeah. waking up still kind of drunk. I did not go to bed. Is kind of the best drunk. Like waking up still kind of drunk. We're yeah. still partying. The hangover hasn't set in yet. That's good. This was not good drunk. This was me going like, I don't know how to, I don't remember my jokes. And But I, I pulled it off by the end. The audience didn't know. Also, it was improv comedy, so I was the best thing that happened there that night. Were you improving as a drunk with his pants around his ankles? Because <laughs> no. that's the only way it would have I was successful. like, hey, I just started doing comedy three days ago. This is going to be better than anything yeah. you see here tonight. That's I why like, I feel like people listen to this podcast and then they go to AA. So <laughs> that's the immediate reaction. I think Dyke was playing somebody who puked in his pocket. Like this audience, like, well, he's really leaning into that drunk character. Like, no, he's wasted. But yeah, no. But I, 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 I <laughs> this felt is that- some alcoholic <laughs> shit. Dyke's sitting here talking about how the best days he's ever had <laughs> started with a hangover. I woke up hungover as shit and had the best day of my life. I oh, pooped my pants on stage. People thought it was part of the show. I woke and up that was the dead. Best day. That was the best day of my hey, life. You guys ever woke up That's dead? the day I met the love of my life. <laughs> Booze. <laughs> what, I, what I was saying is I feel you there, Zane. Like there, is, there is those times where you're like, oh, maybe, maybe that was a bit much. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also hard to... Um, yeah, I get real nervous if I have a if I have a show or something like that to like, yeah. to like double book things. Well, you might be drinking. It's a little scary. It's yeah. a little scary. Yeah, man. I mean, sometimes like if I have a show on a Saturday, like I won't even drink on a Friday because I know how it affects me the next day. Yeah. Um, that's something that took a while for me to learn, but it's definitely I learned the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we have to ask Zane about, because last time Zane was on the show, we, we were pre-government distribution of the payout. We were pre that. And the last time yeah. Zane was on, he talked about the amount of money, and he mentioned that that was possibly the most money he's ever had in his life. Yeah. So, how, you, how you doing with them, them, them big daddy Trump bucks? Oh, man, I am flushed with cash <laughs> right now. Let me tell you, I am at my financial peak. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I think maybe the only time I've ever had more money than this is when I just spent all my loan money. Nice. And so I mean, so you, you again, still government. You've been really, yeah. yeah. Your life has been subsidized by the government, which is great. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> you were financially, emotionally, it's a different story, but <laughs> emotionally, it's a waking yeah. nightmare every day. But financially. <laughs> Uh, let me tell you this, Zane and Chris, because I am very embarrassed about this, but this is a true right. thing. You know, we're recording, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, it's fine. As long as you're fine with telling me document my failures. Um, so I thought during this whole thing, like the place that I worked had like laid off like quite a few employees. I felt very bad for them. I've been worrying about uh, people like you, Zane, all of my friends. Uh, uh, people, yeah, I meant you Zane. say you. And then we need to, I've heard episodes where we've done that before. You'll say you, and then I'm the person on the show. I don't even know who you're talking about. I say you, and then I look into like my mind's eye. Right. I I meant Zane. Forget that we're recording. Um, But yeah, like any, anybody who has been like laid off of their jobs and I've been feeling really bad. I felt guilty because even though I lost one of my jobs outright, my other job was cutting hours a lot. I'm still making like, you know, 25% of my salary. So I was like, oh, you know, I'm still working. I'm one of the good, like lucky ones. No one of the good ones sounds racist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm one of the, I'm one of the lucky ones. I feel bad for my friends that are just like, you're one of the good ones. So articulate. (laughs) So well spoken. Just so well spoken. He pronounces all of his consonants but I, I yeah i've been feeling real bad and then i i, I really feel bad because you're in a situation where everybody else is fucked out of their job and you're still making money yeah uh, until this week right when because yeah. i did not know that everyone that filed for unemployment got federal unemployment as well yeah and got six hundred dollars on top of so so ev- yeah so yeah like everyone really is like yeah. most people Flossing I know are, are, yeah. are literally yeah. making more money than they, not, they normally make. It's not, but that's the thing is a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people, I follow the service industry on Facebook and a lot of people have just said, well, if I'm taking this unemployment, can I still get the stimulus? Like stimulus is a stimulus. It's not just to like 
This isn't even stimulus. I'm yeah. just saying, like, unemployment right now. Yeah. People are getting, like, n- almost a grand a week yeah, sometimes. That's the thing. Unemployment does that yeah. to pay you back for, like, missing income. But then the stimulus absolutely is on top of that because it's not just about keeping people, like, afloat. It's about circulating more cash. Again, in, I, in yeah, so that but I, I'm not doing any of that. No, you're not doing any of it. Yeah. So, so it's really, it's so really not working out that, for you. It was literally like me going, like, man, I hope, I hope Zane's okay. I hope, I, like, I hope he gets his shit together. Yeah. It's gonna be real rough for him for a while. I've still been working, but like you're making like four times the amount that I am right now. Are no, I'm not. I, I, my unemployment got denied because I I'm an independent contractor. And oh, that sucks. Well, the thing With is, Uber. the new bill. Now we're gonna get into all this like legal stuff. Yeah, uh, spit it. But I mean, okay. So the CARES Act. Preach on it. The yeah. the thing that Trump signed like a month ago mm-hmm. that is supposed to cover independent contractors. But the thing is, most states haven't implemented that into their systems. So when I first applied for unemployment, I got denied. So I need to go back and do it again or something. Uh, I'm so not sure. You, have you got, did you get the, the stimulus though? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you got that. You, but you haven't I got, got that. any unemployment. I've got nothing. I've been working two jobs this whole time. Yeah. Why, but... why haven't you got, did you not file taxes? I mean, let's not, let's not get into my, yeah, let's not get into my business, Dad. You open that up. between you and the IRS, <laughs> right. you open You open that up. I don't think, well, a couple things. One, again, we're recording, so I wouldn't have, you opened that can of worms, Dyke. He is, Dane had an absolute right to ask you the question, okay. well, why wouldn't you get it? If you did file your taxes within the last couple of years, then you should get that. Well, That's also, what like we if, should stop if, at. If you, no, if you didn't, if you didn't get a... If you did not get a refund no. in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. that's not it. Direct deposit. This is it. Oh, you you're gonna get a, you'll a get physical a paper, check. You'll get in a mail. paper check. Yeah. So you're about to get that Trump autograph. But that autograph like, check. Yeah, when them checks are coming. I don't know. Like I, uh, I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm so waiting. you're you're gonna get that. I'm like, like hey, Mr. Postman, every day. I don't know. <laughs> you'll get that in like 2021. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> by the time this is all over, and by nice. the time everybody else has already spent all their unemployment right. and stimulus money, and then you'll be flushed. Yeah. yeah. So then it'll be like 2025. We'll all be back at work. We'll all be doing stuff, and you'll have a free six hundred dollars. But like also like people that I work with that I know like work 15 hours a week uh, are getting like seven to $900 a week now. Like they're getting like four times the amount of money that they normally make. Why is that? Why is that? Because they get, they're getting $600 a week from federal unemployment. Yeah. Like the reason I didn't, I I was just like, well, it's cause Bernie dude, Bernie, like fucking filibustered the, he, Passed this bill. He like added this as a stipulation that people get an additional six hundred dollars a week or whatever. That's amazing. Yeah, I did not know that. It was no. right before. I wish they would have told me. But you can you can still this is the thing you can still file. Like, I've told a lot of people this. You can still go file for unemployment if you're underemployed. Yeah. If you're making less, yeah, you can still file. So yeah. you could absolutely, and we've talked about this offline. You can absolutely still file for unemployment because we're underemployed. But also, like, okay, like, like all jokes aside, like I'm a dummy, but like, um, you're a dummy for not taking I'm, advantage I, of the system. I am I a dummy. I'm a dummy after all jokes aside. But like, all like, no, but like, also, like, here's the actual problem with the situation is that there's two things that are in conflict with each other. Is one that's great that they're helping out employees and giving them this this federal uh, federal unemployment money as federal hey look some of us didn't just roll out of bed 10 minutes ago okay we've been drinking all we, morning we've been drinking all morning <laughs> like adults <laughs> well, we see you 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 have a lag up on me you have a head start um but like the other thing and like part of the problems that come into a lot of uh situations right now is that these uh small business owners are trying to get this payroll um, extra payroll money. Yeah, and the payroll money is to get employees to come back to work. But then the problem is like, hey, do you want to come back to work? No, I'm making four times the amount of money yeah. that I was making sitting on my couch. Yeah, but why my, would I come back to work? Do you really believe that though? Do you believe that people don't want to go back to work? They think they're, no, no, no. It's think- not. It's it's not about believing. It's about the because no, that's nobody. Like- nobody thought these two systems that were separate. Nobody thought about the overlap of the fact that like one group was like, Hey, let's worry about employees, which is very important. We need to help them out. Another part was like, Hey, let's worry about small business owners. And they didn't realize about how these two things 
are actually diametrically opposed to each other. They don't make sense together. So one is like, hey, money, let's give it back to small businesses to get their employees back as soon as possible. The other one was like, hey, these people are furloughed. They need help. Let's give them money. So the economy right. doesn't go. But like, yeah, like here, here's the thing is people right now that are making four times their normal salary for being employed. Do you want to come back to your regular job? It's only but that, that but right that thing is I like, think most people do. I think most people are don't want to be stuck at home with their shitty families watching the same Netflix <laughs> shows over and over again. Like I, I, I think I, most people would love to go back to work. The other thing, and too that's is like, like that's what the the Republicans were arguing. Yeah, before um, they added this, you know that because I think the Republicans had a cap for how much each person that applies for unemployment gets. Yeah. And then I think the Democrats like negotiated with them and raised that figure and the Republicans like you're the thing that you're presenting as an argument is exactly what the Republicans were saying. Right. Like that was their fear that if people are making more from unemployment, then they're not even going to want to go back to work, which they shouldn't anyway, they which is going back to work now anyway. Which I think is a flat argument because I don't think that's how most people think. I right. think most I, I, people. I don't. Do. Think, I don't think it's how most people think in the long run. But I think right now, if the situation is, on the one hand, would you like to make X amount of money, which is more than probably you've ever made for a lot of people, and do nothing but also just be safe in your home, right. or two, come back to work right now where there is a possibility of you getting sick, and it's. Well, right now, substantially less, not a little bit less, but but that's what I'm saying. I'm living in right now. I'm not talking about later. Right. Like, I think ideally you would stagger the benefits down mm -hmm. and then the other benefits go back up. What I'm saying is right now it's lopsided. So like right. right now, which is what I'm talking about, is we're giving all this money to small businesses to bring people back. But also we're right now, we're also paying employees x amount of dollars where it doesn't make sense like it is it is completely lopsided right now there's no benefit right. to the employee to come back and it's hard for the small businesses to use this yeah. money to lure them back because like what do you what do you what are you going to do you know like it is kind of it was like two separate programs that were set up that didn't communicate with each yeah. other and now we're getting to the point where it's just like oh these don't match up they don't make sense yeah. You've been listening to Dyke Ayers' Grievances on PBS. You've been listening to Dyke Limbaugh. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, I guess I don't it know. Sounded like a, it sounded like a slur. <laughs> I need to wash my mouth out. <laughs> Dyke Lim antiseptic. I've been a small business owner and I am where I'm currently working for small business owners. So like, I feel like I've been on yeah. both, both sides of this. And yeah. when the small business owners are like, hey, I got all this money to bring everybody back. I'm like, that's great. And then everybody I work for goes like, hell nah. <laughs> we'll make it. Like, I, like, I know people that are working right now that work 15 hours a week that's because, normally. And yeah. it, this isn't like people are lazy and welfare queens. This is literally like, hey, during this global pandemic, you work 15 hours a week and you're making four times the amount of money you normally make right now. Right. Do you want to come back to work? But should they even go back to work right now? What is it right now? We're recording this. It's mid-April. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. No. I but, mean, but, like. But that's the way these two things are lining up so the, right now. I feel like the the place where these two things that you're talking about are butting heads the most, the place where there's the most friction would be in a place like Georgia, where their governor, like, opened the state back up pretty much. Yeah. And so places like yeah. gyms and. Tattoo parlors, like these places are places open. you normally hang out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's why. That's why Zane is so buff and tattooed. <laughs> yeah. I'm a tat rat. <laughs> Straight thug. Well, we've uh, we've used up all of our time talking about that. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh Dyke. my god, I regret yeah. I regret calling in. <laughs> we got serious. I'm like, not like, No no no, we didn't. Oh, we didn't. Did I get serious? I, I felt like you got serious and like, yeah, wait, we wait, wait, hold on. Can we not end on that? <laughs> yeah, we can do well, whatever, we like can literally well, do whatever like we want. In fact, let's not only not end on that, let's just edit all that out. Well, At least everything Dyke said. <laughs> yeah. 
We could, what we'd have to do is probably what we might do is record another episode because between Dyke and I, we don't know how to edit. <laughs> we just don't, it sounds like, uh, it, I talked to, I was actually on another podcast this weekend and, and he was talking about, like, you guys do a really good job without editing. Like, it sounds like you edit it. And, and it's like, it's, it's, it's amazing that you're doing a show that you don't edit. Like, that's a cool stance to take. It's just because we don't know how to do it. <laughs> you don't know how to cut. We actually remember we had the episode. Nah, we're see, gonna. You don't. T- you don't tell people that. You like. We choose not to edit. That's why I pushed it. We like. We like uh, a free flowing yeah. conversation. Yeah, that's how we pushed it. And then that that was what he sees. Like, oh, I like that. I like you just like do that raw. Like, yeah, we just don't know how to edit. But I think it sounds better. Ninety percent of the time, it sounds a lot better. Unless, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Dyke gets higher rants about the government. I, don't I mean, hey, it's topical. <laughs> yeah, it's topical. Some of it was informative. Yeah. Um, is it good fodder for podcast? <laughs> that remains yet to be seen. I don't know. We'll see how your listeners uh, respond to, you, to this episode. Up to you, Hard Nation. Is it Harder Nation? What do you call it? Zane, do you have anything you like to you like to plug here? At Harder the end of- Nation. No. What do you it's call it? Brunch, Brunch Nation. Nation. Brunch Nation. Brunch oh, Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, are all, is your listeners, is your fan base just a people with a bunch of boners? <laughs> Chris, Chris, you know, coincidentally, Chris, Harder Nation. Chris thought that Brunch Nation sounded like an alt right podcast, like like it literally uh, does, like, like Alex. Well, Jones. you can put anything in preceding the word nation, yeah. and it yeah. sounds like you're a nationalist. Right. Yeah, <laughs> kind of ties it together. Hello, also, Brunch Nation. You also called them the Boner Br- Nation. You also called Jake uh, a soldier last week <laughs> because he uh, used to wait tables. It's a lot of I don't know what you're doing. Okay, so let's talk about this. <laughs> so I think I feel like for the most part, we've all been doing a good job of following the rules of social distancing yeah. and being safe. Yeah. And I haven't seen you in shelter months. in place. Yeah. Right. But for the sake of this podcast, you do have people come in every now and then. Is this something that to my to my orifice? What are you talking about? We are we do have anybody that is has been quarantined because the you know Dyke and I have just yeah. been stuck in our house. If you are also quarantined for over two weeks, that's the only time we would invite people to come over. Okay, yeah, and and are cool. I'm not calling you guys out. This is good for the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good with it. I'm, I'm with helping it. out I'm your podcast. I'm happy with it. Controversy sells. <laughs> okay. I am here earlier in the episode. Um, I'm the guest. I'm Zane. I alluded to. I basically said that I called in. That's a lie. <laughs> I did not call in, folks. I am here in the flesh, <laughs> sitting less than six feet away from both Dyke and Chris. And I just want to say that it's okay because we're all allowed a cheat day. (laughs) This is my cheat day. I chose to come here to record a podcast with Dyke and Chris. And this is your cheat day too. You guys have people over on Sundays, one person at a time to record a podcast. Uh And you're being in and you're doing a service for the people. Yeah. You're creating content in a time where content is limited Mm -hmm. and people don't have things to do. Right. And so they listen, they do things like tune into your podcast. I think you're saying we're essential. You're, this is an essential. It is. Um, hobby. Yeah. <laughs> this is an essential hobby. I, I, you know what? I also appreciate, you know, when people do come over and Zane, you were nice enough to do this too. Everybody that comes over on their cheat day, just to really exploit it, does that open mouth kiss with us. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to do that, but everyone does it. Everyone does it. And I think that that, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, we have this one day where we're going to eat waffles and we're going to open mouth kiss, uh, you know, when we're supposed to be six feet apart. And I think that that that's what's going to keep us going I, as a nation. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think um, if you're not going to go all out on your cheat day, then what's the point? Then don't go out at all. Yeah. Zane, thank you so much for being on the show. What do, you gl- guys, do you guys think Kim Jong-un is dead? <laughs> I'm glad that. Um, <laughs> wow. You just glossed right over that. You think uh, you think Suge Knight killed him? Oh, man, wouldn't that you be great? He's- that's the best. That would be the best. That's what we need right now is a hip hop documentary about Suge Knight taking out Kim Jong Un. How amazing would that make twenty twenty? <laughs> like, hey, that whole uh, COVID nineteen sitting in our house, no one's making money thing. That was terrible. But that thing about Suge Knight, you know, as an American assassin taking out Kim Jong Un. Do you think anything could get weirder at this point? Like, is there? There's nothing that could happen where I'm like. Like, okay, like yeah. I, I really am like like Pat Oswald. Like, 
strapped to the the front of the Mad Max thing. Like, all right, I don't care. Fuck me in the asshole. I don't care. Twenty twenty. You know what's crazy is if there was a biopic about Suge Knight murdering Kim Jong Un, Dyke could play both. <laughs> Dyke could be both Suge Knight and Kim Jong Un. Guys, thank That's you amazing. so much for listening to the Hard Brunch podcast. Um. This is going to be the last episode we're ever going to do. <laughs> We've hit the pinnacle of hilariousness. Yeah. Um, just hug your loved ones. You know, just hug them tight. To be completely honest, it's really hard to pay attention. On to your cheat day, though. <laughs> I'm just looking at uh, the movie poster for the movie about you shooting yourself where you play both Suge Knight and uh, Kim jong <laughs> That would be the best movie ever. That's what 2020 needs to survive. All right, we'll see you next time, guys. Bye, Brunch Nation. They're trying.